welcome to Random Gaming Toolkit's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, and returning, joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How are you today? I am doing good, as always. Uh, having fun, kind of lost in the wilds of this move during a pandemic, which I strongly recommend nobody ever do, <laughs> ever in the history of ever again. But it was—it's uh, not been a fun couple three weeks for me. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you've been away for, for two podcasts. I did two solo episodes. People should go and check those out uh, if they miss them. I'm sure I'll mention them in the housekeeping sections and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, what have you been kind of, if you've had a chance to play much, what, what has that kind of been over the last two weeks? Uh, not great because I moved in and the house was clearly not ready for prime time. I moved in on a Monday, got a guy from the internet company out here on a Friday. Got things a little bit set up, but the internet was coming in in a room that the owner of the house that I'm running gave me permission to remodel, but the guy didn't uh, rerun the line, so I had to call them back like two days later to get them to schedule a rerun, which cost me another $50, but it had to be done. Uh, so I was able to get my consoles off of uh, uh, Wi-Fi, which let me tell you, they they don't do great on Wi-Fi. Um, the speed was like less than 10% of the actual bandwidth speed on a hard line than versus the Wi-Fi. So got that done. I still don't have a whole lot of my furniture moved around, so I don't have my computer set up. So I wasn't able to do a whole lot of gaming. Um, I did check out uh, the one that everybody's playing on Twitch. That's it's not. Uh, is it Fall Guys? Yeah, Fall Guys. Yeah. Yeah, I, I played it. I don't get it, but you know, people seem to be having fun with it. It's you know more power to them. It's just, mm-hmm. it looks like a really bad knockoff of Wipeout. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's about it. I'm about done with the story for Ghost of Tsushima. I'm like, I can tell like like either on the last main story mission or I'm like right before the story mission because I just did a. Uh, scout where the con is and then it regrouped me back to where i started so i think that was more like a checkpoint than anything else so i should only have like one or two more missions before the story's done i don't know if i'm going to go around and 100 percent it because it seems like a lot of tedious uh, work but at least it's not like boring tedious work mm-hmm. yeah um and outside of that i really haven't had a chance to play anything so Cool. Um, yeah, I played a little bit more Fall Guys a couple of weeks ago. I did uninstall it because uh, Call of Duty takes up half my half, dro- half my uh, hard drive. But um, yeah, again, it's like I'm glad the game's doing successful successfully and all that sort of thing. And it is a good game, but it's just one of them games I kind of gave up, gave up on a little bit after like 20 minutes or so. Um, one thing I do appreciate about it is the speed how quickly you can get okay you get knocked out you exit the game and then you get back into a new one that that stuff's quite good because for that sort of system with that kind of game uh you need to kind of uh be able to do that so i, I appreciated that from it maybe, maybe i'll jump back in and give it another go i think i should do let's play sunday episode for it as well um but yeah uh, and i'd be willing to jump in there with you on the let's play sunday for that um i think cool. the part of the reason why it goes so fast is that they only go to 60 instead of 100 like most uh battle royale-ish type games mm-hmm. yeah what we can do as well because there's no game chat we can just go into a playstation party chat thing and uh, mm-hmm. i'll get your audio that way so uh, oh did you see that uh, call of duty meme that's been going around this weekend what, what's that one 
it's got a picture of a plane and it has a Microsoft Flight Simulator 10 has the whole world still a smaller install than Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's probably true. So, uh, yeah, that is what it is. So I did have to do a reinstall the other day. I think I told you, maybe. I can't yeah. remember. I, I, I talk a lot and a lot of, to a lot of people and I record a lot of stuff, so... I can't always remember what I say and where I say it, but uh, I'm pretty sure. Now, I... do you have little uh, pictures of hard drives on the side of your PS4 for a count <laughs> every time you have to do a reinstall? No, no, I've not. I've not counted the amount of times, but um, yeah, it's it's been a few. So, but uh, that got done. Uh, speaking of Call of Duty and stuff, um, still continuing to have fun in that as well. Met some new people on it the other day, which is pretty good. Um, so uh, yeah, that's been that's been pretty fun as well. So. Uh, oh, by the way, speaking of Call of Duty, um, I jumped into a game with some friends and they were like, oh, Matt, do you mind if we play Warzone? I was like, okay, sure, go on. Because uh, there was nobody else really kind of online for me to jump in with. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm not going to just back out because of what they're ch- deciding to play. I jumped into this, like, King of the Hill or some sort of game mode with, with King written in it. And it was just a mess from top to bottom. I've never seen a game mode so tacked on to another game before than than Warzone with Call of Duty. Um, it just I just don't think the idea of like a battle royale Warzone fits Call of Duty at all. I I just, I just don't think it does. And and from the first time I even jumped into uh, Modern Warfare's Warzone, I felt that the whole way through. But uh, I I I just I had to leave mid game. I was like, look, guys, I I'm not enjoying this at all I've, I've got to go this is just like really making me annoyed it is it's terrible i uh yeah i i can understand somewhat why people do kind of like it and stuff but i just don't think it fits the gameplay of call of duty at all i, I do genuinely think that fortnite's a better um battle royale battle royale than uh the warzone is but um because it, it fortnite was built to suit that and call of duty just isn't uh, I don't know about like comparing it to the other ones like Apex Legends and stuff. I've not played those for a while, but uh, I did recently play Fortnite and that with my my niece and nephew and uh, <clears throat> my sister and stuff. Um, and it's just it's so much of more of a better battle royale game because it was built to actually do that. This just feels like okay, we can make money from this. We can you know in terms of Warzone, not in terms of Fortnite. Obviously, Fortnite's made loads of money, but with um, Warzone, it kind of just feels like okay, we can make money for this from this. People will kind of play it, and people you know have have stayed on playing it and stuff. Plus, if you don't own Call of Duty Modern Warfare, you can you can download Warzone for free, so that eliminates the need for people to buy the game so much. Um, it just feels completely tacked on and and terrible. Uh, I was like, and there was there was, I think two occasions where because um, you can see people the enemies sorry parachuting into the map. There was two occasions where I started shooting someone who was parachuting into the map um, with my with my gun. I should have been able to kill them before they landed. <clears throat> they landed and then um, killed me. And that happened twice. I was like, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, so they, they landed and then just killed me. And I was like, what? what is this? Like, I, come, I know that the game sometimes has those sort of problems anyway. But yeah, it just uh, it very much annoyed me. So, any thoughts on that at all? Yeah, that's, you know, that's probably just somebody that had hacked it off of a PC or something like that, which 
I like I said, I don't know how many times on this podcast, I do not get the desire for people to cheat to win in a game. Yeah. yeah. Well, just in general, but especially when there's like no prize or no value for it. There was just a guy the other day that uh, there's a YouTube channel called Streamers Reloaded where they talk about different things and they do a segment every week on like people that have gotten banned. And one guy was uh, playing. I want to say Call of Duty, I think, to where he was, uh, he had like three or four different cheat programs up and he left it on screen and everybody was just watching him cheat the whole time. And I'm just like, I don't get it. Yeah. Why? It's such a hollow victory. Mm. You didn't even win. You just are got first place because you cheated. So I remember, I think about a month ago, maybe, I was playing with a full team, people that I knew and all that. And uh, this was in Cyber Attack, not in Warzone. And you can have, like, lasers on your gun. Not, like, halo lasers. L- lasers to where, like, it improves your hip fire accuracy. And it's to do with aiming and stuff. It has no actual effect on the bullets of your gun. And, uh, basically, you get the short red lasers. They're the ones that enemies can't see. You can get tack lasers. And you can get the longer laser as well, which is green. That's where the enemies can see it. And we we spawned in, in, in the game and stuff. And suddenly there's this like green laser just f- in our spawn and stuff. And uh, we was all asking each other like whose who's laser is that? What, what gun is that coming from? And uh, one of our teammates just got shot and he was like what the hell? There's no one no one anywhere near me. This guy was somehow like making... Because um, like I said you use the laser to aim. He was somehow making his aim move into our spawn without being there. And then he was shooting our team and stuff. And... Um, yeah, we were saying like, look, you're you're like cheating and stuff. And he's like, oh no, no, it's just a glitch. My my laser's just going through the wall for no reason. It didn't look normal at all. Um, but uh, I think we ended up winning the game anyway. But uh, yeah, it it that was one of the weirdest things I've seen on the game. Um, so, but yeah, I don't get why people cheat. Why you can't just play fairly and uh, just uh, have more fun with it, I suppose. So. Uh, but that's the Call of Duty side of stuff. Uh, I myself have been um, playing Ghost of Tsushima as well. I am, I've am i just got into the third act of the game. Uh, so I think you know roughly where I'm literally right at the start of the uh, third act. I'm not going to say what I'm doing necessarily. Because that will be, I think, that will be considered kind of some spoilery stuff. Um, but uh, it's a game I just continue to have a love-hate relationship with. Sometimes I get really frustrated with it and kind of hate it. And other times it pulls off something genuinely good and has a good moment or I do really well in combat or something and I really enjoy it. Um but uh, it's it's an interesting one certainly. I just keep thinking I just don't think this game's in the conversation of like game of the generation or game of the year or or really anything like that. Um but it's still it's still a good game that I would kind of recommend at the moment. Um I do think that there's other games that try to do similar things a lot better. Um, but it it's one of them games where like, it's on the verge of being something really, really incredible. But it just, it, for me, it has never quite got there yet. Um, but uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I think it resonates with me a little bit more because, like I said, uh, when we first started talking about it, first started playing it, you know, I grew up on, you know, Saturday mornings with the uh, old reruns of Samurai movies as a kid. So mm-hmm. I saw some of the early... Uh, um kurosawa movies and some of those other movies so i just i have that other memory and if that's something you grew up with or nothing that you had an interest in it might not resonate as well i do 
I would at this point consider it definitely a contender for game of the year. I don't know that it would win with, you know, games like Last of Us Part Two and Cyberpunk 2077 getting ready to come out, uh, hopefully sometime soon, if, you know, like right now, hopefully. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's going to be in a lot of people's, like, top five game of the years past that that's really more of a personal preference uh let me ask you this though without spoiling it what did you think of what happened that transition between act two and act three in terms of your character and his uncle and the other people that are around him right now i think the stuff with the uncle worked well and i did agree with uh Jin, the main character <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. I can't. I'll, I'll tell you probably off the air. I can't tell you why I agree with them here because it will go into yeah. uh, more specific stuff. There is two particular moments, not to do with the uncle, to do with something else. Two particular moments. One that's meant to be quite big, and one that's meant to be still meant to hit you, but not quite as hard as the other moment. And I don't feel like they pulled either of them off particularly well. Do you know which moments I'm talking about? Yeah, and I think, and this is not a knock against the voice acting, but I think hearing it in Japanese and then reading the subtitles, I think it has more of an impact because you don't get that same inflection with the emotions when it's in English versus when it's in Japanese. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people hate like reading subtitles. I don't mind it because I never had that option as a kid growing up when you watched a movie. Yeah. It was either subs or dubs. There was no mm-hmm. which one do you want to pick out of your Netflix. There was what did they do to the vhs tape was it a dub or a sub and more often than not it was always a, a subtitle hmm. so i just i i like a, and again have that memory of you know as a kid watching that samurai movie reading the words seeing the emotions and so that probably just clicked a bit more with me for that fair enough yeah did you finish red dead 2 I couldn't get into Red Dead 2. I got okay. past the intro story, and honestly, I think it was the controls more than anything else. Having to left trigger to activate the talk to somebody, it's just so counterintuitive to literally every single game I've ever played in my entire life. You know, you walk up to somebody, you push X or A or whatever. You don't walk up to somebody to hold one trigger to give you multiple commands. Oh, I literally I, I had to stop... That, so. I've literally had to stop and reload games because I accidentally shot people repeatedly. <laughs> okay. It's yeah. like walk up, I want to talk to you. Bang, now you're dead. Great, <laughs> now I've got a now I've got a rating against me. Let's reload the last, you know, thirty seconds. Yeah. There was a few times in Red Dead where Yeah, you you'd go to press L two to um talk to someone and then you just pull out your gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I agree with that, but it wasn't uh, always a particular issue. I was just gonna say that um there's one moment in Ghost of Tsushima that they don't do as well as what they do in Red Dead Two. But seeing as you haven't finished the game you don't know what I'm talking about. So Yeah. Which is ironic because Red Dead is based off of uh the uh spaghetti western movie involving cowboys, which was based off of a Kurosawa film involving mm-hmm. samurai. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but um, 
yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you more off the air about some some more spoilery stuff that I uh, mm-hmm. want to get across. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of just trying to go through the story now, like trying to help the story with the momentum that is uh, building. But uh, overall, I'm I'm enjoying it. I do take breaks from it to you know do other stuff and whatnot. So uh, speaking of other stuff, uh, let's go into some housekeeping. We'll see you for that in a minute. Hey guys, what's up? This is Donnie, and I host the Adulting with Donnie podcast. And this is not the show to listen to if you're trying to be a better adult. I started this podcast as a way to offload some thoughts uh, that I have throughout the week. My topics vary widely every week. Movies I've seen, guns and gun control, sex, people that are stupid, why I don't care about celebrity opinions, TV shows, snowmobiling. The list goes on and on. I'm always taking topic suggestions from fans of the show, too. So join me each week on Adulting with Donnie as I pour some bourbon and allow you to see the inner workings of the mind of a madman. Live free and rant hard. I'm Christy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it, there's going to be laughing. <laughs> Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier. That gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review, which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk did a podcast yeah, did a couple of podcasts just today. Um I am gonna be doing a podcast for the second season of The Boys on Amazon Prime. It is gonna be having its first three episodes this Friday and then the next five episodes, because there's eight in the season, so five, six, seven, eight. Uh, so the first three episodes this Friday I'm gonna be doing in one podcast and then the next five episodes as sing- singular podcast for those episodes uh, when they when they hit on Fridays. Um, the podcast is going to be called The Diabolical 7. I explained why on the podcast. But uh, yeah, just a quick little 10 minute sort of announcement thing. Not really a preview per se. Uh, it was a little bit last minute kind of thing. But um, yeah, you can check that out as well if you want to. And if you want to watch The Boys, it is on Amazon Prime. 
globally because it's an original so check that out as well uh netflix tv shows i did a review for the first season of teenage bounty hunters which i gave a don't skip rating to uh it's just a little kind of spoiler free recommendation type review uh not getting too in depth with the characters and stuff just kind of explaining who's who what works in the show what kind of doesn't and uh, just generally recommending the show that's a netflix original as well that's the first season of that which i'd recommend that you go and watch as well um but uh, that's teenage bounty hunters did a man united podcast this week talking about finally we've signed a player and uh, the, the the board and the the people that work at Manchester United decided to wake up and spend some money. Uh, we signed Donny van der Beek from Ajax, who is a Dutch footballer, uh, or Ajax from, from Dutch and everything, uh, for £40 million, which is quite a good price. I talked about him, the kind of surprise with the whole thing, because it took us like a day to sign him, how he fits in with the team, where he's going to play, and all that sort of stuff. Talked about Harry Maguire and the uh, situation that he's currently involved in. He was found guilty of assault the uh, assault that he apparently did in in um, Greece when he went on holiday so I talked about that the implications of that he's currently the Manchester United's captain so what does all that mean etc etc and talked about a bunch of other stuff as well uh, went to see Tenet last week the cinemas are finally open which is great uh, the cinema that I went to was running really well and stuff I talked about that a little bit on the podcast but uh, gave a skip review to Tenet. Uh, it's Christopher Nolan's latest film. He's, of course, the director of Dunkirk, Inception, and the Dark Knight trilogy. The Christian Bale Batman trilogy as well. But uh, unfortunately, I gave it a skip rating um, and uh, did a spoiler-free podcast on Tenet. Um, but if it's available for you to go and watch, you can still go ahead and do that. So... Uh, there's that as well. Uh, Gaming Talk last week, one of the two solo episodes that I did, I talked about Gotham Knights, which is uh, Warner Brothers Montreal's game, um, which is the, the Bat Family-esque kind of game. Talked about Rocksteady's Suicide Squad, we finally got a trailer. Talked about next-gen paid upgrades, such as Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops Cold War, and um, Control from Remedy and 505 Games. They're both going to be getting paid next-gen upgrades. Uh, so I talked about that and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, last week did a review for the second season of Hannah, which is also available on Amazon Prime. That's an Amazon original. Spoiler-free review for the second season of that, which I've given a don't skip rating to as well. Don't skip review, spoiler-free one for Iron Man in VR. I've played it and completed it and uh, very much enjoyed it, uh, given that I don't skip rating as well. So you should go and play that if you've got a VR system. Did a podcast talking about 911. It's uh, a show on Fox in the US and Sky witness i think in the uk uh so you can go and check that out if you want to just talking about the fact that i think it's tv's most underrated show uh, and it's had a lot of good f positive feedback and and that sort of thing so that's really really good as well so there is that um and that's everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms let's get into some news Alright, I'll go first. We did have um, a new Gamescon showing uh, as of recently and we have a few a few notable things to talk about. Uh, a new Ratchet & Clank demo for the Rift Apart game was shown off. Um, first, of all, first of all, Robert, did you get a chance to see the Ratchet & Clank demo? What do you, what do you think? 
Yeah, I did. It's definitely looking good. A lot mm. of the particle effects that you see in the actual gameplay, definitely this is going to be a highlight for next-gen systems because I don't know that you could do that on either PS4 or Xbox, you know, Series S or Series X. Maybe the Series X could do it, but that it would be a bit of a challenge. But, yeah, this is definitely a good look-at-our-new-shiny thing kind of a demo. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm anticipating this game quite a lot. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Because um, in terms of, for me, for platformer characters, the more action-heavy one that I like is Ratchet and & Clank, and then the more sort of goofy, uh, platformer, fun sort of character is Crash Bandicoot, so that's the kind of way I, I like to uh, look at those two characters. But, uh, yeah, it's, he's a character sort of from my childhood. I, I, I kind of played those games lightly when I was a uh, you know, child and stuff and watched my, uh, you know, dad and my sister play the ratchet and clank games and stuff there is quite a few of them actually there's like nine games in the series because uh, there's ratchet and clank one two three and then, then there's all the other not spin-offs but they've got like all different names and things like that um but yeah this is a new one uh, i'd still very much like to go back and play the old ones i know they won't be as good as what rift apart looks like it's going to be doing and stuff but uh i'd still very much be interested in in going back and playing those hopefully i can do that um one day maybe i should be able to play them on ps three i think maybe uh yeah i can actually yeah because they were on the ps3 store when i went to check uh but i just didn't buy them at the time so i'll uh, i'll be checking those games out eventually but um yeah i really like what they showed off here i think the ambition of doing this whole you know dimension doctor strange-esque type of thing looks really really cool looks like it's going to do some good stuff with the story and it's like i said before um if you make your game look really good and have a good story and characters that's what i care about and that's what it looks like this game is trying to do i don't want to kind of you know beat a dead horse so to speak with my uh comments recently about graphics and things but if you do good graphics and a good story because i want both of those things um then it looks great and it looks like what they're doing here with the story is really cool you've got like the new female ratchet and stuff we don't i don't think we actually know her name yet so we, everyone's kind of calling her the female is it Lombax or whatever? Like species yeah, I think of, Lombax. Of, of Ratchet. Yeah, but uh, she doesn't have an official name yet, so we can't actually call her what she is because we don't know. Um, yeah, and like Clank gets kind of separated from Ratchet and all that sort of stuff. And um, I did like how we kind of got in this little trailer and gameplay thing kind of an explanation as to what's going on. There's this big bad guy and uh, you kind of shoot him and it sort of his like weapon damages something and it opens up a rift in time and stuff um i think that's all pretty cool like i said good idea with the with the, what they're doing with the story um and yeah i'm uh, very interested in it uh they did say it's going to be a launch window game i think it's going to be a q1 2021 game like a sort of march february type of game but uh that's just my prediction so uh when do you think we might see this uh Within the next 12 months. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, a good guess. Um, But uh, any interest from you to play this at all? That would just depend on what happens with me in the next 12 months and whether I even have a PS5. Um, Mm. Did they confirm that this is PS5 only? I'm pretty Um, sure this one is. Yeah. Yeah, because I've only seen it marketed as with PS5, but I don't know for sure that it is 100%. Mm. But uh, I think it is, yeah. You know, if I happen to have a PS5, uh, it would definitely be on my playlist. It's just that, uh, you know, I don't play my PS4 that much outside of a couple of exclusives. So, you know, maybe, maybe not. We never know. Mm -hmm. We shall see. 
uh, but that's going to be coming out some point soon. Uh, we got a new demo of uh, Crash Bandicoot. Of course, I'm very much looking forward to that. It's next month. We're less than just about a month away. Yeah, because it's October 2nd, I think the game's out. And it's uh, September 1st today. So uh, just about a month to go, which is really weird to think about, actually. A new Crash game is about a month away. Uh, and they showed this kind of rewind feature that, that, that they're doing. Uh, it looks really kind of challenging and all that. It looks kind of... um interesting what they're doing there um and i do kind of like certain levels like that that are sort of these really tight sort of box only levels like there's no ledges you can jump on there's there's nothing that you can kind of no way you can kind of escape to so to speak uh crash bandicoot one did a few of these actually there was one there was a few of the bonus levels actually where um yeah, literally, you would just have you would have to work your way across just by climbing on certain boxes and like smashing them and that sort of thing. Um, so I like the look of the challenge here, and this this is going to be one of them types of levels where, like, yeah, you're going to have to pay very specific attention to that. Okay, how much did you jump off the box? Are you doing a double jump? Did you do a single jump? Are you going to land on the right box? Are you going to spin the right box? All that sort of stuff. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to the uh, the challenge of that. So. Uh, what do you think of, of what was shown with this? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty decent. It definitely showed off the gameplay in the sense that this is, this is what we're going to show and it's going to want to make people buy and play the game. That's 100% achieved. That's, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely solid. Um, past that, I mean, until we get our hands on anything, we really won't know for sure. And with everything going on in the world right now, it's not like we're going to be able to roll up to a convention and, demo play it anytime soon so mm. yeah but uh hopefully i'll be playing it next month so because yep. the game hasn't gone gold yet but it uh hopefully will do soon um but yeah it looks like they're trying to really do more with um collectibles in this game which is something uh-huh. i very much appreciate as well so hmm? oh I'm, I'm just not the big fan of collectibles no. in they, games uh... I, I just mean with with crash specifically um it's more kind of tied in fundamentally to the gameplay and stuff, and it just looks like it looks like they've got some interesting ideas for them as well, and not just like, hey, we're gonna shove this in here for the sake of it. Um, but uh, it's it's very very rewarding in Crash Bandicoot to get the collectibles and stuff. So, um, and it's also like part of the percentage of your completion and things. So, we'll see how that yeah. works out. Because uh, there's a few things I added before. I can't quite remember all of them, but this is another like collectible kind of thing that you can do so uh because you know i'm gonna 100 percent the game so uh it might take me a little bit of time it might be a bit of a challenge but uh i know it will feel rewarding anyway so uh there we go for that um let's move on to the avengers which i'm really looking forward to playing of course i am being very sarcastic sarcastic with that um they did do another is it war table that they've called it they Mm -hmm. did another one of them today i didn't actually watch it because well i just i've just i've just totally lost interest in the game other than what they're doing with the story they are going to be adding kate bishop who is um hawkeye's daughter i think um she's i thought kate bishop was just a shield agent hang on let me look that up real quick because i was because i know they released like a couple three that were just gonna be like shield agents shield agents so hang on Okay, uh, but she is going to be joining uh, the expanding roster in Marvel's Avengers. Kate Bishop taking aim, uh, a post-launch operative in the Avengers Initiative as a master archer. Because, yeah, she takes the archer stuff from her dad and all that. Um, Kate has the smarts, the talent, and the witty attitude that makes any en- enemy 
Uh, she faces quiver in fear. Hashtag reassemble. Um, yeah, so it doesn't... Did you find something? Yeah, I, I looked her up on the Pedia. She's not specifically named as the Hawkeye's daughter. She just takes up the mantle. Um, okay. Yeah, so she's taking up the name Hawkeye, but not... I don't think, at least in this universe, she's uh, his daughter. Okay. All right. Um, but, uh, yeah, she's going to be added as, added as a post-game character, um, which to me means that she won't actually be involved in the story and things. Um, I think what they're doing, you know what I said before a couple of weeks ago about, you know, the whole Spider-Man exclusivity stuff, and I said about, okay, how's he going to fit in with the story and that? I don't think any of the post-game characters are going to be in the actual story. I think the story's just Miss Marvel and the... Uh, Avengers minus Cap because he died in the trailer that they showed us. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So I think it's just going to be maybe maybe there'll be some characters introduced later. So my whole thing about like, okay, how do you fit Spider Man in the story? I don't think it's going to be in the story. Is from from what I gather because I think what they're doing is adding these post game characters and stuff. And um, yeah, you'll do like multiplayer story missions with them or something like that. So. Also- well, they've already said that every character added post-launch is going to have its own battle pass for $10. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, the battle pass is for cosmetics and other things, not specifically for your ability to download, play them. Um, I don't know how much that's going to affect the missions at all, but just the concept of each individual character having its own each dollar, each $10 purchasable event. and that I mean, if it was but like they, a they group of like... Each? Yeah, each individual character is its each own battle pass. Jesus Christ, that's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And they're saying that it's just like cosmetic stuff, but I, I I'm just calling BS on that. I'm I'm pressing X to doubt, so <laughs> pressing X to doubt. Uh, I've seen you that's a a, a LA Noir. Uh, thing, LA Noir. Yeah, yeah, I've seen you post that in in a few different Facebook things and that. <laughs> uh, and I think you've sent it to me before when I've like sent you certain things here and there yeah press x to doubt um i really like that game i don't know why um but uh yeah i i think this game's kind of a disaster to be honest um i've already given my thoughts on the gameplay if you want to check those out just search for uh avengers on the website and you should find my uh beta impressions that i talked about um but yeah the, the other thing i'd urge people to go and do go and uh watch jim sterling's video on uh the on the battle pass thing itself it's i just uh, you could have just done so much better with this game and they really just haven't and again that's my opinion you know if people go and play this game yeah. they really enjoy it all that sort of thing it's not a fact that this game is bad but i just think it really really is and uh it just really feels like okay post mc well not post mcu because we're going to be getting more films and tv shows eventually it it really feels to me like okay, Infinity War, Endgame, you know, big box office hits. The, the Marvel's like a really big name right now. Okay, let's go and put a battle pass for each character and do all these cosmetics and all, all this other sort of stuff. And it just feels like they're trying to. I mean, there's a difference between okay, let's take something success, successful and keep making money from it, and there's the line you cross where you're just doing a cash grab, and this game just feels like a cash grab to me. Um, it's it's just so it's really disappointing because I remember before this game was even announced, and I was like, oh, I wonder what this Avengers thing from Square Enix is going to be. Um, and at the time, I wasn't really thinking about like Crystal Dynamics. Will they fit the development right, and and will they fit you know the Avengers right, and all that sort of thing. 
Um, but I'm I'm just really really disappointed with this game. Um, so there we go. Yeah, and the thing that to remember is we've lost all concept of time right now. It's September first. It, this game comes out relatively soon, but like there's also going to be the yeah. The, there's the holiday sales in less than two months. So if you're curious but not like want to pay full price, wait for like a Black Friday sale or a Christmas sale. See if you know it drops down enough in the price to where, yeah, I'll try that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You could do that as well. Uh, but that is Kate Bishop being added to Marvel's Avengers for the post-game content. Um, I do have that Ryan McCaffrey tweet. I'll save that until you get onto your other thing that you were going to talk about uh, mm-hmm. in a bit. Um, so there was some information on a support page from Ubisoft. Uh, and it basically says, according to Ubisoft's uh, support page, PS5 will not have PS1, 2 and 3 backwards compatibility. And it says here in a highlighted paragraph, um, backwards compatibility will be available for su- for supported PS4 titles, but will not be possible for PlayStation 3, 2, and 1. Um, it, I mean, this isn't too much of a particular shock. It just feels to me like instead of Sony coming out and saying whether the PlayStation 5 is or isn't backwards compatible with PS1, 2, and 3 games, because they've kind of talked a bit about the PS4 backwards compatibility... It sort of feels like instead of actually coming out and saying yes or no or whatever to that, they just have said nothing and been like, "Oh, we 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 won't we won't talk about that that thing because it's it people aren't going to like the answer kind of thing." Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what do what do you think of this uh, news, if you want to call it that? Well, when I was pulling up news articles, I did find this exact one, and I'm on a GameSpot uh, website. And they don't have a timestamp on it. The only timestamp is from today at 1.16 p.m. So that might have been when they did the edit. Mm-hmm. And it's listing, update, Ubisoft support page has been amended to remove this reference to older PlayStation hardware. As of yet, Sony has still not commented, so it is unclear if the company simply didn't want this information out there yet or if it's inaccurate. We'll report back with further updates when more is learned. Um, as for the backwards compatibility, I don't know if it's re- referencing it strictly on like a PS5 thing or something else. But, you know, as we've talked about... What, what would something Nazi, else be? Or if it's like they're planning it but for in the future. So... Hopefully, like it, it, like it's not going to be backwards compatible now. It's going to be backwards compatible later at some point. Mm. Um, Maybe, but like we've talked about ad nauseum on the podcast, Sony's terrible with backwards compatibility. They yeah. have never really been able to do that at all, and that's definitely going to be a factor when going into the next generation of hardware. To where we're not going to get a lot of of console exclusive games for this next coming generation right away with everything being locked down from COVID and everything being slowed down or delayed. There's like maybe what three confirmed games that are going to be PS five only for the Mm -hmm. PlayStation and nothing for the Xbox in terms of it's going to be exclusive. They've been marketing for, it's going to be so much better on this. Mm. What is um, the, and that's good, especially. 
What is the Series X launching with? Nothing? Uh, technically nothing. And when you think about it, that's super weird. But yeah. the, they're launching it basically as a... It's so much more of a hardware improvement. They're trying to get into the market of people that have been kind of putting off that purchase for whatever reason. Um, when you think about it, people that have the original run of the Xbox or maybe have an older S... They're given a choice between PlayStation 5 and Xbox. They get a new Xbox. I'm willing to bet to, at this point that uh, Microsoft is just going to wait until Sony finally gives up a price and they're just going to undercut it. And they're going to say, you play all your games you already own. They're going to look 10 times better than you remember them and our consoles cheaper. And PlayStation is going to be like, we've got a Ratchet and Clank game and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll see how this all plays out, I suppose, because they've still got because um, it's interesting with um, what's his name, Chris Reagan on the uh, Sacred Symbols podcast. One mm-hmm. of the things he talked about, I think, on maybe last week's podcast, is we haven't even seen like the UI for these the the, the, the or for the PS5. Sorry, not for the Xbox. We have seen the Xbox UI, but. Uh, which is essentially the same as what it is at the moment, just a few different things here and there. But we don't know even what the PS5 menu looks like, yeah, or, or anything really. So, uh, but we'll get back to some uh, next gen talk in in a little bit because you've got some stuff to talk about. But um, just want to move on to some additional details for Gotham Knights, the game that I talked about last week, the one that was revealed at DC Fandom. You can go and check out the both the trailer and the gameplay. There's like four minutes of each, so uh, have a look out for those. Uh, so some in-game or some additional details. Uh, it's uh, is a self-contained story and not um, a G-A-S-S can be played solo and offline. Not a game as a service. Sorry. Yeah, my, I had a brain freeze mm-hmm. m- moment from the, uh, for a minute there. Uh, is a self-contained story and not a game as a service. Uh, can be played solo offline. So it's going to have a story to it as well. Uh, full open world. No level gating whatsoever. This was a really big problem for uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey as well. The fact that, like, okay, if you were level 10... And one guy was like level 13 and you tried to assassinate him and you stabbed him in the throat it would just damage him and not actually kill him like it should so uh yeah that that didn't work out great but uh yeah there'll be no level grating here whatsoever so you can go and fight whatever enemies which i think is a really really good positive point for this game as well because that's that's something i really hate with games if a game is trying to get me to grind and level up like what assassin's creed odyssey was doing um, and I can't fight the other enemies properly, even though I'm, you know, an assassin. Um, that was uh, pretty annoying. So I'm glad that there's no level gating. Uh, gear includes melee and ranged weapons and suits. Um, start of a new franchise not related to Arkham, so it's not connected to Arkham. I do think the I think the Suicide Squad Suicide Squad game is supposed to be in the same universe as uh, the Arkham games. That's one thing I remember reading last week. So the, the Gotham Knights game won't be, but of course fr- the game actually from Rocksteady, the, the developers of the three Arkham games, uh, their Suicide Squad game is going to be connected. Whether or not, you know, it'd be interesting to see actually with that because it's Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Batman is in the Justice League. Batman was the main character of the previous Arkham games, if it's tied into that. 
what does that maybe mean? That's kind of a may uh, a fun idea potentially. So we'll see how that works out. Um, so that was a couple of things. Uh, you can choose to play as one character the entire game because of course you do have Batgirl, Robin, Nightwing, and Red Hood. So you don't have to change then um, between the characters, which is interesting. I wonder how that works for the story. Is there like maybe four different? Um, stories you could do possibly I did see some people say that okay if they can if they can play the whole game as one character they're gonna play it four different times as each character which I think is kind of a cool idea but um, that for me would depend on okay is there any actual fundamental differences with the story but I guess we'll see uh, Mr. Freeze is just one of the villains uh, villain quest lines there are others as well so he's not like the main <coughs> main villain of the game uh, which I think is gonna be the court of owls the main villains of the game so we'll see how that works character builds very uh widely depending on how you spec your knight so i guess you can go for like a particular play style maybe if you want to be a bit more stealthy or um i don't know maybe go for more like a gadget type of class or something like that maybe you could sort of do that kind of thing uh, i quite like that as well when you can sort of if you prefer playing as a character a particular way you can kind of level up specifically that way which i think is kind of cool uh combat will feel similar to arkham players um feel similar to arkham players sorry but uh new things will be added which i think is to be expected for a new game is when you add new things so uh any thoughts on any of those bullet points yeah i i am glad that it's not level scale because That's when you're doing a yeah. game where it's in a real-ish world <clears throat> then that makes no sense. Like, obviously, Assassin's Creed is not a real world, but you're not dealing with, like, gods and monsters and things like that, so the level scale doesn't make sense like it would in a Skyrim or a Fallout or some other RPG. Um, past that, I just don't know on either game. With the Gotham Knights, uh, it's the trailer starts out with Batman supposedly being killed almost to a T, not a single person I know that's in the game industry that's talked about it actually believes Batman's dead. He's either been kidnapped or faked his own death to mm. hide from the court of course he's owls. alive. It's a comic book. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. that. besides that, um, as for the the Suicide Squad game, that both of those are just so odd. I'm going to have to know so much more about him before I can really make a decision on it. Because mm -hmm. we don't have any real gameplay for a Suicide Squad. Um, but it does take place in Metropolis, and, you know, it looks like Superman's gone rogue, so you have to find some way to hurt him or slow him down or whatever, or figure out what's making him go psycho and stop it. Yeah, good, good um, with that. <laughs> the yeah. Batman just likes, looks like uh -huh. another more standard beat-em-up, but then you can get a, a friend to join in as a different character and then do, like, team takedowns, which... Sounds fun for like the first five minutes and then you're just like, okay, that's done. Mm. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Suicide Squad is 2022 and uh, Gotham Knights is 2021, at least at the moment. So, we'll see. But uh, that's some more additional details on the game. Uh, I really want to get to this uh, next-gen thing that you want to talk about. I was going to tie the Ryan McCaffrey tweet in with it. What was it that you were going to talk about? Oh, with the pre-orders? Yeah. Yeah, so this has got to be the most confusing thing I've seen about this whole next generation. Um, Sony is, is uh, asking existing PlayStation owners to sign up on the website with your PlayStation ID for a chance to pre-order 
the uh, PlayStation 5. Not to guarantee your place in line. It's going to be like a weird random lottery like they did with uh, you know, the free money they gave out a while back. Uh, oh, so yeah. their official... Yeah, their official site list says there will be limited qualities, quantities of PS5 consoles available for pre-order. So we will be inviting some of our existing customers to be one of the first pre-order from Sony. Pre-order reservations will be taken on a first-come, first-served basis. So once you get an e- invite via an email, uh, we encourage you to follow the instructions and act fast. Now, the important thing about this is that it's not a sign-up, we'll send you a link, and then you put get put in the queue for a pre-order. Mm-hmm. You sign up, and then eventually we will send you a link. If you're so luckily chosen, then you have to um, pre-order it. Um, it also says that there's going to be limited supplies. You again, they they reiterate that several times. Uh, you're only allowed to pre-order one per account. Um, you'll either order the standard or the digital, so you'll be able to buy both. Uh, you're also limited to two controllers, two headsets, two chargers, and two cameras, which makes no sense why you would need two cameras. I mean, yeah, even if you have... have... <laughs> yeah. That yeah. makes no sense. But everything about this, and if you read the full statement, it just screams, we have no fucking idea how many of these we're <laughs> actually going to be able to get to market. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting situation. Um, I just want to tie in uh, Ryan McCaffrey's tweet here now, just to be you know fair and everything, and and kind of mention what Ryan does. Uh, Ryan McCaffrey does work at IGN. You can find his work on uh, IGN.com. He's the host. I think he's still the host of a uh, podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's uh, Xbox podcast. He also does have a Tesla podcast as well, which mm-hmm. I don't follow because I don't need to listen to a car podcast but uh, just you know just to mention all the work that he does and stuff and not to feel like i'm stealing his tweet or something but uh yeah you can find all of that as well uh so go and check out that uh he says lol it's now september because it's of course the first of september today um and we don't have prices for any of the four next gen consoles uh launching in two months and then he says in brackets, or less, um, if Sony decides to sneak the PS5 in late October ahead of the Xbox. That's the end of that bracket. Someone blink for the love of God. Uh, people need to plan their full gaming budgets. For those in the UK, he's talking about the autumn. So, because you'd call it a different thing over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fully agree with Ryan here. Like, it's been just baffling to everybody, I think. Of like, okay, what what are these two doing? Um... Well, it makes a bit of sense in context when you think about it. Uh, Microsoft, and I, I said this earlier, Microsoft is just going to wait for Sony to give out a price and then come under it. They've already set themselves up financially to be able to take a hit from a profit loss on the console itself because financially the company as a whole and the Xbox platform is doing very well. They They're going to be able to more than make up from the console loss with, you know, game sales and uh, game pass games. Mm. Um, that's, it's almost to the point to where people are just, you know, paying the 15 bucks a month for game pass ultimate to get the gold and the game pass. And you don't need to get that many people to maintain that subscription to make up for it. Let's say you lose, let's say you, it's crazy number and you lose, you're losing $200 on the sale of a console. Well, that's a one-time loss. 
you know, it's $15 US a month to make up for it. That's made up for in less than a year and a half mm. if you get the ultimate subscription. Yeah. I so they what, can... Uh, I see what you mean, but like I, I've got to, you know, with what Ryan says there at the end, for the love of God, someone, someone blink, um, or someone blink for the love of God. The, these two Sony and Microsoft are sitting at a hypothetical poker table and they're both looking at each other. Neither of them wants to blink and they're both holding their cards and no one wants to show their hands. That That's what, that's what's happening at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's just weird because I mean, we were probably having this conversation in June. I remember, I don't, I don't remember what I was talking about in June necessarily, but we were probably talking about, yeah, this stuff in like June and July and thinking like, Oh yeah. Soon, June. We would. We've been talking about this off and on since fucking February. Well, yeah, even even it... before, even before that, yeah. So, um, because I mean, we were showing the Xbox in December at the Game Awards, weren't we? So, mm-hmm. uh, and like the months are just like you know June, July, August. Now we're in September. These things are supposed to be out in November. Um, and two just, months, like two and a half months. Yeah, yeah, and just no one wants to say anything. It's it's very strange. Um, and I think somebody in the replies to Ryan said, like, hey, look, if someone that's like an industry insider, which Ryan pretty much is, and even they're confused about, like, what's going on, then it really is just a strange situation. So, Yeah, and you can tell, at least on Microsoft's side, that they're keeping that very close to the vest because uh, Major Nelson's video now podcast that you can see on YouTube has not touched they haven't gone anywhere near it it's like they haven't even like danced around it they it's just like persona non grata on that podcast and this is a guy that works for microsoft yeah. as the face of xbox and even he's not talking about it mm. yeah so but as i've said eventually somebody's got to say something eventually and mm-hmm. if, if these consoles ever are going to come out i don't know but um yeah, so it's it's a strange situation. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about involving this? No, I mean, it's just the whole damn thing is so weird, but then again, that describes this whole damn year, so. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, but that was the start of your news. What else did you want to talk about today? Uh, well, this is shocking on so many levels. There's... Obviously, you're a big uh, FIFA guy, and the mm-hmm. American equivalent is Madden 21. Uh, the, well, the Madden series for the NFL. And this year's entry is just a clusterfuck of a shitstorm. Just, uh, just imagine a bin that's on fire, that's in a skip, that's on fire, that's in a landfill, that's on fire. That is how it's being described. The uh, article that I'm reading from Brian Mazaki, he ra- he's rating the game as a 6.25. The average Metacritic score is a 60 and falling. The verified user score is a point, 0.4 on PS4 and a 0.6 on Xbox One. Wow. There has been a trend since the game came out of NFL leave EA and NFL remove EA. So there's an actual Twitter internet rallying cry for the NFL to completely cut off ties with Electronic Arts for the game's franchise. Some of the more notable um, 
things is a screenshot from a zoom in of Madden 21, and then you can see it not fitting over the overlay of Madden 19. Um, so a lot of assets have been on reused the, on the case on the on the menu? on the game. No, on the game, in game, the in game graphics. They reused 2019 Madden graphics in some spots oh. to fill gaps, and they didn't cover it up right. Okay, um, that's just the sloppy lying. Yeah, yeah. It says that, uh, some of the reviews that I've been pulling up. It says 21 has not fixed any bugs since 2019. All new low for the franchise. Endless amount of technical issues. Large, apparently large trunk chunks of recycled content. There's actually a, 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 cl- a cluster meme that's been going around. He goes, you know what the the comic from Spider Man where Spider Man's pointing at Spider Man, which is yeah. pointing at Spider Man, yeah. and they're all just like you. Well, there's one, but it's got Spider Man that says Madden 2021 and pointing at a literal pile of Spider Man all on top of each other, each one with a different calendar year. Uh, I haven't played the uh, Spider Man games in no, not the Spider Man games. I haven't played the Madden games in gosh, I don't know how long. I think like maybe three years ago, one of them was like a free play weekend. And I played it for like all of twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. But in terms of purchasing. Easy 10, 15 years since I've purchased a Madden game. So I clearly have no dog in this fight. And clearly we've got nothing else to do but stay home and get angry at stuff. But even with Madden recycling some content year over year with their sports games, I have never seen anything on this level of a psycho rage that the Madden fan base and the Madden community is going over this game. Yeah, um, it's like I've said before, don't accept bad bad uh, AAA video games, which uh, the NFL ones are. I mean, most games that EA make are uh, AAA video games, you know, all, all their big sports games, um, as well as the other stuff that they make and that, like, you know, Star Wars games and whatever. Um, yeah, sometimes these things happen with this game. I mean, it's just, I was really kind of baffled there for a minute when you talked about... Um, not not because of what it was, just the idea of it, the fact that they put the logo over the old one and you didn't just, like, replace it. You tried to just put it on top of it. Um, I wasn't baffled as to, okay, what what is that? I was just baffled as to, like, okay, why why is that a thing? But, um, yeah, so, sometimes you get a, a game that launches this badly. And uh, it, it's funny that as well that the logo that you mentioned that used to be on there was the 19 and not even the 21. Not even the twenty, yeah, it's the nineteen. Yeah, not even the the one from twenty, yeah. Um, which means that you've tried to skip two years instead of just one, which is even worse. But yeah, um, I don't know. Sometimes this happens in the, in the industry. We get bad, not just AAA games, but bad games as well. Um, mm-hmm. hopefully they can fix things or whatever. Like like I'm on the same page as you with this. I mean, I've never played an NFL game, and I probably never will. Um, because obviously my stuff is with with a uh, FIFA, my sports stuff is is with that, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's another example of uh, video games done wrong, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what do you think of the situation? Uh, well, honestly, I've wanted the uh, NFL and all major league sports, for that matter, to not have the solo exclusives with uh, EA, just because if you don't have competition, that doesn't force you to be better. Exactly. Imagine, as much as a Man United fan that you are, 
imagine if the only competition um, Band United ever played against was like primary school kids. <laughs> yeah. How soon yeah. would it be until you got bored of watching Man United score twenty goals on somebody? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it'd be funny maybe, for like the first time. Maybe Lingard would score. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll yeah. we'll we'll press X to that on that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> but maybe you know, it might be it might be fun once as like a lark, like say a school wanted to do a fundraiser and they got sure, Man like U in. The, maybe, yeah, 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 like a charity thing. Like if you saw that once and they had like half of the team on, you know, with primary kids, and then they brought in another team and it was half primary kids. You know, you could see that once. It wouldn't be a serious game. Nobody would play like super hardcore just be you know everybody punting the ball around and occasionally it would accidentally go in the goal but if you if that was the league year after year after year you wouldn't care and there was actually a good competition between madden and what was called nfl 2k games um those were those games when that was a rivalry they really forced each other to be better Hmm. but i can't remember a 2k game for nfl much less past 2005 because hmm. i used to play 2k on the sega dreamcast so that tells you how long ago that was oh, oh wow and, and yeah. uh yeah microsoft briefly tried to do a competitive football game it was one of their launch titles on the original xbox but i think they got maybe two or three games in before they got forced out by the exclusivity contract oh okay yeah um but yeah uh, you need competition in the industry, uh, whether it's TV, films, games, comics, whatever, uh, or sports as well, that's still the entertainment industry, uh, music, everything. Um, yeah, you always need competition, and uh, when it's not there, things uh, get a little, little boring. Um, so uh, yeah, they need to work out how to improve it, of course. So, uh, but let's move on from this. What else do you want to talk about today? Oh, well, if you're a computer gamer and you've been really wanting to crank those graphics up to 11, but you just can't shell out the $1,200 for an RTX uh, 2080 Ti card, uh, <laughs> you, there is now a uh, affordable-ish solution. NVIDIA announced the RTX 3070, which uses their Ampere graphics architecture. It is a 20-shader teraflop, 40-ray trace teraflop, 163-sensor teraflop uh, graphics card. It's got 5,888 CUDA cores, and it matches almost the uh, 2080 Ti's. Not completely, but considering that the uh, 2080 is a $1,200 card, and this one comes in at only $500, it's a much more affordable option if you're looking to do more in the graphics. Now, obviously, the RTX 3090 is, you know, the beast of the series, but that's still a $1,500 card. And you're not getting a third of the power with a 3070 for a third of the price. Um, so just like, well, uh, the for the 30, 3090, which is the big beast, it's a 24 gigabit graphics card. This one's only an 8. But uh, in terms of memory bit, it's pretty close. In terms of memory speed, it's you know very minimal. It's a, uh, a 16 gigabit per second uh, memory speed on the RAM versus the 19.5 on the 3090. Um, so it, in terms of actual raw specs, it is it is noticed where there are differences. But it's, you know, when you're saving, you know, 
a thousand dollars almost it's you know it's really worth the money if you're looking to get high end for not the high end price mm-hmm. yeah i did hear today about um uh, i think someone trying to make like a joke or something about uh xbox and playstation are waiting for this like announcement for this pc stuff yeah and i was a little bit confused as to why that would yeah factor well, I mean, there, there. If you look at the Venn diagram of console players versus PC players, there is some overlap. I mean, I have both, okay. but I use my PC more in a professional manner. I do all my video editing on it. I do my photo, photography editing on it, which does, especially nowadays with the higher megapixel uh, cameras, does require a lot more processing power. So, mm. I have the benefit of this is what I built it for. And it can also do these kinds of games. You know, it's not high end. I'm not spending six thousand dollars on a build. I think I spent. Wow. Oh yeah, if you crank it up, you can get crazy high. I think I spent like twelve hundred ish on my build, but I got, I got my money's worth. But if I ever had the itch to go super high end on the graphics, I can easily put in. It, it's easier financially to put in a $500 card versus a $1,500 card. And I know that's the cost of a console, but that's the perk of playing on PC is that you could scale it to basically infinity. Hmm. Cool. Uh, yeah, I've been looking at getting a new laptop and stuff soon. Um, but I haven't made a particular decision on that yet. Cause in terms of like me, me and you, you like to build like your, your PCs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I just buy a new laptop every couple of years. So. Yeah, I would I would wait closer towards the holiday season because some of the more high end stuff's gonna it's been around those came out like in February March mm. so they're gonna get to the point to where they're gonna need to start clearing stock and you're gonna see some really good deals and I can walk you a few of the the tech specs on it and Bex you know could help you a lot with there because she's built PCs a lot before so she would be a good resource to ask as well mm-hmm. yeah definitely. Um... Because all I basically need is something that will be, you know, good for for podcasting and and that sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't need anything like crazy or ridiculous because uh, I'm not doing any sort of video stuff or any uh, t- not too much with like graphics and things. Because uh, for yeah, that, but you you definitely still want to get quality for the money that you're spending. So yeah, yeah. Because uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, all of our iTunes feeds are uh, created by David because he does the uh, Photoshop stuff. So. Um, uh, just a little behind-the-scenes note on that. So, uh, which is he's currently in the process of making the um, Diabolical Seven. I almost forgot the name of the podcast I created today. Uh, he's currently in the process of making the uh, iTunes feed thing for uh, the boys on Amazon. So look mm-hmm. out for that later as well. Uh, cool. What else do you want to talk about today? Well, Ubisoft has an event coming up, Ooh. and they unintentionally announced renaming the game. Uh, that was one of their big games for the event. Uh, the Twitter account that was held as a placeholder for uh, Gods and Monsters now has an official listing as Immortal, Immortals Fenris Rising, I want to say, F-E-N-Y-X. Uh, but it says, see you September 10th, Ubisoft Forward, so next week. There's going to be an Ubisoft event. Uh, the announcement included more information on Watchdog Legions. They're going to at the event. They're going to announce more information of Watchdog Legions, Rainbow Six Siege, Hyperscape, and the aforementioned uh, renaming of Gods and Monsters. Uh, the podcast is September 10th at 12 p.m. Pacific, 
which is making it 3 p.m. mime time, so 8 p.m. your time yep. uh, for the pre-show. But I don't know how long it's going to say. I don't know if it's going to be like you know a 20-minute pre-show and then like an hour right. show or if it's going to go crazy like that. I don't know why some of these live streams do a pre-show. Because uh, they're stuck in the old model of a live sporting events. Because when you think about it, when like the big, big events, like the season championship events and the league championships, there's always like a half hour, hour pregame show talking about how we got it up to that point. Uh, you've never seen it. You've never had to deal with the insanity of it. But for the Super Bowl, some channels do a seven hour pregame show. Why? As much as I love NFL, you because of all the every every character That's every the whole uh, work day. Oh yeah, so every person that has a even remotely his, interesting backstory of a history, they'll have like a half hour puff piece segment on it. You'll see all the the key moments of each team going into the the season and then through the season that leads them up to that point. So I understand the the production value of it in the sense that everybody's going to be home watching this anyway. Might as well give them more reasons to watch. But yeah, seven hours for a pregame show. Mm. That is actually a thing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of this, uh, I mean, yeah, with like Sky Sports and BT and that, usually if you've got like an eight o'clock kickoff game, the um, pre-show or whatever will start at like seven. So it'd be an hour before. Mm-hmm. And it's just them sitting there for an hour, like chatting about stuff. Now, I don't mind like, 10 minutes or so of that like okay what's this player gonna do how do you think this game's gonna go i don't know how you talk about that for an hour necessarily but they do like mm-hmm. obviously deep analysis and, and things like that but e- even an hour to me is, is a long time for that so. well within a, with the nfl it's a little bit easier to justify that hour because there's usually like one game on a monday but then the rest of the games of the league are like as very specific time slots on sunday so you've got an hour pregame, and then there'll be like six or eight games between two channels, and wherever you live geographically is which team you get to see, and then there'll be the, the game following after that, and then there'll be a pre-hour, uh, a pre-show hour recapping the last six hours, and then they go into the night game, and then there's the Monday game. Mm. So there's always stuff to talk about because all the games happen at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but past that, it's it, it's got it's long since gotten to the point of it being silly. Yeah. Uh, but onto this Ubisoft thing, um, I don't think I need to see any more of Watch Dogs Legion. I'm already sold on the game. I'm already planning on getting it at least. Uh, so I'm kind of I mean I'll watch the event anyway. But I'm kind of good on uh, seeing more Watch Dogs stuff. I'm already sold on the game, and I already want to play it. And that uh, to me, it's a case of like okay, from the games that we know are going to be there. I'm very interested in Gods and Monsters. Um, but other than that, like, Splinter Cell has to be there. <laughs> but mm-hmm. again, you know, I've, I've kind of started to give up hope a little bit that that's going to be a thing. Because every single time we get to a point where, like, oh, an E3 Ubisoft thing or Ubisoft Forward or an Ubisoft this or that, uh, and it's just never Splinter Cell or it's Splinter Cell in something else. Um, so that, that's, that's the only two things I'm really, or the only three things I'm really sort of looking out for. Um, cause it's a bit early yet maybe for some Far Cry stuff. Maybe they could show a bit more of that. Um, but, uh, I guess, I guess we'll see. So yeah, next Thursday, eight o'clock UK time. So, uh, what, what about you? What, what do you want to see here? 
Uh, well, I would say Splinter Cell, but there's no chance on how we're going to get that. Um, just because if we were going to get anything game-related, we would have gotten it by now. Mm. Um, Legions, I'm still on the fence on, not just because Watch I don't Dogs know. Legion? Yeah, Watch Dogs Legion. Just because I don't know how they're going to make a cohesive story when there's no main character. Unless mm. they've kept it hidden all this time that there is a main character and you're just dancing everybody else like marionettes to whatever goal you want to have. And you just recruit people that have goals that you can get them to do stuff that also fall in line with your goals. Which that would actually make me more interested in the game. Um, but like I said, I'm a big story guy. So that, that lack of cohesion with the story has always what's held me on the fence on it. Um past that i mean what used to be gods and monsters i'll keep an eye out for it see if it's anything interesting that i want to watch and play past that nothing really i mean i'm not a siege guy um we're not going to get anything on valhalla because it was specifically not listed in the article Mm -hmm. so they're clearly done with that and they're just going to get the game out when they get the game out yeah so what, what they'll probably do is put sam fisher in watchdogs assassin's creed Far Cry, um, he'll be in the new Mario Rabbids game, then he'll be in a new Marvel game, and then he'll get an audiobook. Yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll know when Ubisoft has just decided to go full trolling when he Sam Fisher is introducing all the new games. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might make uh, Chris's head explode. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, just as frustrated as uh, the rest of us, so... Um... But uh, yeah, maybe he'll uh, maybe they'll, they'll announce uh, a podcast or something <laughs> with Cell mm-hmm. because they'll they're literally getting to the point where like uh, Sam Fisher's Splinter Cell is in everything but his own game. Um, so he's got a TV show on the way. He's in a mobile game. He's in uh, what was that bad game a couple months ago? I can't even remember. Wildlands, Ghost Recon Wildlands. That sort of just like died off and whatever. Yeah, the Ghost Recon Wild Wildlands. They had him that in was like awful. a little thing. So yeah, that game was really bad. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. But uh, I'm I'm kind of done just predicting like, oh, we're gonna see Splinter Cell. Oh, we're gonna see Splinter Cell because it just doesn't happen. So, mm-hmm. but uh, this again would be the time to do it. So we'll see. Uh, anything else you want to talk about today? Yeah, the last thing I have to talk about ties back into what we were talking about with. Uh, Game Pass and how Microsoft has already set that up to be the moneymaker for them. Uh, they announced today 10 big games coming to Game Pass in September. Uh, starting today that we're recording on the first, Crusader Kings 3 for PC, which is an intricate strategy game that was literally just released. Uh, it's rated, it's got a review score of 8 out of 10. It's also the first uh, Crusader Kings game in almost a decade. On Thursday the 3rd, you'll be able to get Jackbox Party Pack 4 on Xbox One and World War Z on PC. Resident Evil 7, Tell Me Why, Chapter 2, and Luna Nights will be available on that date for both Xbox One and PC. Next week, they will release Star Renegades and Disgaea 4 Complete on PC, Hotshot Racing on Xbox One, and Tell Me Why, Chapter 3 on both Xbox and PC. Uh, that also the announcement also mentions that Destiny 2 Shadowkeep, which was last year's Destiny 2 big expansion, 
and Forsaken will be available on Xbox One soon, but don't give a specific date. The Beyond Light expansion was planned for a September release, but that was pushed to November. Now, there are a couple of games leaving the service. Uh, NBA 2K20, which makes sense, because the new NBA game is coming uh, out soon. Uh, never mind. <laughs> yep, Red Dead 2, which never made any sense for them adding it to Game Pass to begin with, will be leaving. Uh, Jump Force, which is an anime fighting game that merges kind of the big three, uh, Naruto, Dragon Ball, and One Piece. And something I've never heard before called Goner. Um no idea what that game's about. Never heard of it before. No. Um, the logo is what looks like a, a skull with a snake going through the eye sockets, which is kind of disturbing a little bit. But, uh, yeah, those are uh, definitely some big games coming out soon. And they're all in this month. And that They're all really, with the exception of Destiny 2, they're all within, like, the next couple of weeks. Mm. Yeah. I mean, in another world or whatever, um, if I hadn't found Boomerang Games, then I might will be subscribed to uh to Game Pass. It's, it costs it costs around about the same price anyway, but obviously with Boomerang lets me rent Xbox, Switch, and PS4 games. Um, yeah. So uh, that's that's kind of one of the obviously big advantages of that. The only disadvantage really is obviously it's done by post, not by digital download. But um, yeah, in mm. an, in another life or whatever, I'd probably be subscribed to that instead of um boomerang and everything because what i would probably be doing is buying new select selective you know new games when they come out and then for like back catalog stuff uh probably like playstation now and uh um game pass or like alternating between the two maybe i don't know if i'd be you know subscribed to both at the same time but uh that's probably what i would be doing so uh, are you still on game pass and all that uh, no, I, uh, made the mistake of converting it when they gave the option from gold to ultimate, but I should have re- I should have maxed out the number of years so that I would have it longer. So I'm just gold right now. And then sometimes it'll pop up an ad saying ultimate $1, but when I go to it, it just says a 15. So yeah, if I they do another, well. yeah, if they do another promo to where they let you convert your, uh, gold to ultimate, even if it's like ten bucks, I'd probably still do that because hmm. I uh, was able to find a store that let me buy the uh, one-year gift cards, and so I'm three years maxed out on my uh, gold right now. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, you said that's uh, that's all the news that you've got. Let's get to some emails that people want to discuss. If you'd like to send in your thoughts, feelings, mm-hmm. questions, comments, maybe concerns about video games or anything related to entertainment talk. Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Paul, I have seen a lot of mixed reactions around this Avengers game and have no idea what to do. Thoughts? Um, well, the only thing I'd suggest you to maybe do, in terms of my opinion, because you're asking me, obviously, and Robert, but I can only speak for myself, um, search on the website for Avengers, listen to my impressions, kind of take that from there. Um, and then maybe look around at some other thoughts, maybe look at some gameplay stuff, because um, hey, even though I've said that I wouldn't recommend you play the game and I'm not going to play it, that doesn't mean that you won't enjoy it, because you might, and uh, if you kind of just go by my word and not play it, you might potentially miss out on a game that you might enjoy, it's, it's a, just a maybe situation, you might dislike it more somehow than me, uh, you might like it a lot more or be on the same level as me, or I don't know, but um, that's uh, why I'd recommend you to go and do 
I guess, uh, and just, you know, look at, you know, the Battle Pass stuff and uh, just just kind of consider um, speaking with your wallet, so to speak. Uh, but what would you recommend Paul to do here for the Avengers game? I think there is going to be a public demo. I still I still refuse to call it a beta. I think there yeah, is still going to be a, a public demo at some point. Um, so I would definitely try it. Um, keep an eye out for like a deep sale, like a 30, 40% off or like a free play weekend. Cause Microsoft, I don't know about Sony. I've never seen it pop up on my PlayStation, but Microsoft every week does pick like a couple, three random games and puts them on a free play weekend. You know, maybe be able to play it for free a little bit and get more than the extended uh, demo yeah. and get a real good impression on it. So, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, when was that public demo supposed to be? Cause I just forgot the date to be honest. I, I, my internet has been so wonky the last couple of weeks. It probably came and went and I missed it. I don't know if it's still on the store or not. Yeah, I can't remember the date at all. So, uh, Harrison, I think, is the same one from before. So, I'm guessing... So, I'm going to guess Matt's motor, most anticipated game is Crash Bandicoot 4. Because, of course, Last of Us 2 has come and gone. And I very much enjoyed it. Uh, and Roberts is still Cyberpunk, which hasn't come out yet. Do either of you have any worries about either game? Uh, so, I'll go to me first. Um... Not re- not really from what I've seen from Crash Bandicoot 4. It looks like what I've said about the uh, co- last couple of weeks. The soul of the character is there, which is very, very important. I know that he's not a character that talks at all or whatever, but he does emote. There is some importance to his character and what you kind of do with it and uh, how that kind, of, that kind of stuff works. Uh, the gameplay looks like classic good old Crash, but sort of evolved with some new ideas, which is what you want to do. Because uh, you want to have the fundamental core of the game there, but you want to also evolve it and try new things. And it really looks like Crash Bandicoot 4 is trying to do that, and uh, I very much appreciate that. Villains look like kind of an in- interesting thing is happening there, because it's a direct sequel to Crash 3, which is uh, the, the best idea they could have done, and just kind of ignore the bad games. Um, I don't know, the, the only kind of question I've got is, like, they, they mentioned a couple of weeks ago that you'll be able to play as Dingo Dial... I don't recall them saying like why or what that will be or sort of what 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 the relevance of that is, but that's not something I'm worried about with the game. It's just more of a question as to okay, what what is that about? How does it work? Why are you playing as him? Kind of thing. But even even the snippets of gameplay that we saw for him looked looked good and stuff. Um, so yeah, not any particular worries. Just a couple of questions here and there. Um, how do you feel about Cyberpunk? Any particular worries? Uh, well, I'm always worried that I'm never going to get a chance to play it. Because if you remember, <laughs> that was supposed to come out in April. Yeah. And now, according to my delivery notifications, it's coming out November 19th. And it's not impossible that uh, Cyber, that uh, CD Projekt Red would delay it again. I mean, they've delayed it a couple, almost uh, two years now from a game that had no gameplay two years prior to that. Yeah. And I'm not even mad at CD Projekt Red just because they've shown they care about quality more than anything else. Certainly. They have demonstrated yeah. that time and time and time and time and time and time and time again, and I respect them for it, but I just want to play the damn game! Um, <laughs> but past that, that's really my only worry. Um, the the gameplay that we've seen, the the backgrounds that we've seen, the the night city wires that we've seen all show that i don't have to worry about it being a half-ass game Mm. 
Um, I don't have to worry about it being an incomplete game. I just worry that I'm going to, you know, be in my 60s by the time the game comes out. <laughs> yeah, on the PlayStation 6 or something. So, uh, but yeah, um, I mean, I'm not going to ask you your worries about Crash Bandicoot 4 because I don't think you have any particular opinions on, on it necessarily. Um, for Cyberpunk, for me, not not really. Um, one of the things I'm maybe a little bit concerned with is like, there's a fine line between an open world that is full of interesting stuff and an open world that is still full of interesting stuff but overwhelming and just like Mm -hmm. you put a bunch of question marks on the map and a bunch of like what's this and what's that and speak to that person and do this and do that and then you haven't done any side quest any main quest stuff for like five hours um yeah and uh skyrim is exactly like that it's very it's too open world, if that's even a thing, because, you know, you you get your first dragon shout, and that ends that run of the quest, but then it doesn't even start the next quest storyline. Yeah. yeah. And you can, you can literally play 100 hours in that game and not touch the main storyline. Mm. Yeah. But, again, it's about player choice and stuff and what you want to do. I just don't want to open the map and see 50 question marks. And like, okay, talk mm-hmm. to this person, that opens that quest, that takes two hours, open another one, that takes three hours, and then, yeah, but uh, we'll see. But uh, other than that, not any gameplay stuff, not really any story stuff, um, so no, not not particularly. Uh, Farah, with the final one, that she says, uh, what, in your opinion, is the most overrated and underrated game this generation? Um, I was actually thinking about this as I was playing it, um, Iron Man VR. Uh, the most underrated game, I think. Um, no one's talking about it. It's a really, really good game. It's got uh, just a really surprising amount of effort put into the story. There's an entire section of the game where you get like a kitchen slash gym where you can do a bunch of stuff. There's a basketball mini game, and none of it feels sort of pointless or there for no reason. In fact, if you beat the high score in the basketball thing, you get um, a trophy. And it's funny because when you score the last basketball thing or whatever and get the thing um and it sort of says you know you've beaten the high score tony that as you're playing as him says like oh that should probably get me like a trophy or something right and then it pops up as he says that so just just some good little touches and things there the gameplay surprisingly good for it um i've of course talked about a bunch of it in the uh the, the review that i did but it's it's just a shame that no one's talking about it really because i think it's a, a real big it's, it was a real big surprise for me because i didn't particularly enjoy the demo that much, which I heard somebody else say uh, in in one of the comments when when I posted the review. Someone just said like, "Oh, I played the demo. I just didn't think it was that great." Which I had the same feeling once I finished the demo. But uh, I gave the main game a shot, and it really surprised me. Uh, overrated game at the at the moment, honestly, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, not because I think. I, I just I just don't see it in that sort of game of the generation, game of the year conversation. M- maybe like, maybe top ten games of the year. Um, but so, certainly, I don't think it's anywhere near the conversation of of game of the generation when I think about some of those. And I think we will have to do, we'll have to have a conversation about that once once Cyberpunk is out, and uh, maybe maybe choose a uh, game of the generation and stuff. Because uh, I don't think we should do that until at least Cyberpunk comes out in uh, November, if it does. Um, but at the, at the moment, Ghost of Tsushima, and not, not in like, okay, this is ridiculously overrated, just like, okay, this is a great, again, this is my opinion, but 
it's a great game. I just don't see it being in that type of conversation. Um, some other ones, Skyrim, I think gets overrated, overrated a bit. Um, Destiny gets gets overrated, I think. Uh, so those are just some choices from me. Uh, what about you? Well, for underrated, I'm going to pull one out of completely left field and go with Graveyard Keeper. I thought you was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. You really just enjoyed because that, didn't you? I, it was weirdly enjoyable, and I cannot give you any reason why. I think it was just because it was so unexpected. This is one of the multiple times where they would let me buy a month of uh, Game Pass for a dollar. And I remember seeing somebody talk about it on stream. I forget where. But I was like, okay, I'll download it, and I played it. And it was sweet and endearing and a little melancholy. Um, it starts off really sad, but then it progresses past that. And it, it just really captured me in a way I didn't expect it. Um, as for overrated, I disagree with you on Ghost, but I can understand your reasoning behind it. Uh, I disagree with you to a point with Skyrim, just because... You can't resell the same game that many times and have it be overrated, over oversaturated, 100%. I don't think over high overrated. Um, uh, any any sports game, they they just they <laughs> haven't really been worth a damn for at least five years. Um, and yeah, that's about really where I am on that. So cool, yeah. Uh, but audience, let us know what you think is the most overrated and underrated game of the generation. Uh, just for note, that's Switch games, Xbox One games, and PS4 games. So just to kind of narrow it down a bit. But uh, yeah, so uh, that's everything we've got for you for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Thank you all very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. I'm sure Robert will be joining me for next week's as well. We'll probably arrange a time or whatever later. At the moment, it's usually Tuesdays, Wednesdays, or Thursdays. Um, so just keep uh, keep an eye out for the podcast on those particular days. So um, there is that. Uh, if you want to check out everything else that we've got, it's on entertainmenttalk.org. So have a look out for that. Um, you know, Boys podcast is happening and uh, Walking Dead's going to be back soon. Some other things are happening as well. The cinema's just opened. So uh, check out my tenant review and some other stuff as well. All on uh, entertainmenttalk.org. If you want to... Support the podcast and support Entertainment Talk. We are on Patreon. You can have a look at the $1 and $3 level tiers for ad-free podcast, instant podcast, and review options. Amazon affiliate link. If you're buying stuff on Amazon, we can get a small cut of what you spend. It won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds. You can rate, review, subscribe to those if you search for Entertainment Talk. Uh, and then please subscribe, rate, review for that as well. Uh, you can also search for Geek Town on uh, on iTunes and podcast services that is David's news website of course geektown.co.uk geektown radio on Tuesdays there is a new episode today so go and have a listen to that as well uh, but yeah search for geektown check out geektown.co.uk and look out for geektown radio on Tuesdays bex is streaming daily at the moment on trista bytes that's trista b y t e s that's on twitch if you search for that you should be able to find her go subscribe to her follow her get involved with all the geeky gaming and chatter and uh, whatever else she's doing these days so go and check all that out um word of mouth you can tell people that you know about the website and your itunes feeds just simply well tell people friends family people that you work with whoever um so you can do that as well social media of course facebook and twitter you can share them on there and in different facebook groups if you can thank you all very much for listening and we will see you next time
Goodbye.